Ladies and gentlemen. Are you ready? It's showtime, folks! Do I have everybody's attention now? We are the nation! Give me a hell yeah! Yes! What? Yes! What? Power in the inmate! Embrace the vision. We want the smoke! Everybody's got a price! For the benefit of those with flash photography. With a tear in my eye! The cream of the crop! Hey, yo! You just made the list! I am the man! Hello, everyone, and welcome to Wrestle Nation, pro wrestling talk for people who talk pro wrestling. This is the official podcast of NEW, talking about all the happenings in the newest pro wrestling organization in the Pacific Northwest, as well as breaking down the world of WWE, NXT, AEW, and more. My name is Jay Bowman, and I'm joined, as always, by Mr. As Always, the architect, the man of a thousand nicknames, Mike. What do we do? Hold on, hold on, hold on. What is this garbage? I'm going for a couple weeks, and this guy takes my spot. Number two right here. I, I loved one. it. He was so pumped. He, I wish people. I, re- I wish we had the video of Wyatt like psyching himself up in gorilla, psyching himself up for his entrance, and then Bowman throws to me. It was that a was thing of beauty. The Rey Mysterio. Everyone was waiting for the statue, and the Rey Mysterio comes waltzing out. Boo! It's Samoa's it right. favorite son, right. Roman Reigns. No, okay. Uh, I am joined as. As always, by award-winning journalist uh, from, New York the, Time. Get it. from the New York Thank Times, you. New York, uh, Mr. Wyatt Arndt, the stanchion. Wyatt, how are you doing this fine evening? I'm doing really good, and I do have a surprise guest for both of you. You guys are unaware of it. Uh, I'm going to let you know. Bowman's a little bit shocked. He's know what's happening. Uh, it's my trophy over here, right here. You can see he's, he's going to join us for the show. Try to squint and see. That's tiny trophy you have there. Yes. I mean, I don't want to put it in your face. That's rude. So I'm going to keep it back. He's unzipping you know. his pants, guys. It's, it's, good. it's a good trophy. So, um, you know, I don't see any in Mike's shot there. But at least he's not wearing his Waldo shirt. So, you know, improvements are made. Jeez. So. I, okay. I, I can't get one week. Well, I've, it, I've had plenty of weeks without sorry, you. So that's is, good. Is so that I've a crushed velvet a robe of... you got on there? What's going on? What are we doing now? So, you got a smoking jacket, Hefner? I like All to right, call Hef, it a grandpa sweater. Hef is ready to go. Why don't you introduce Hef? He already did. I was at the top of the card here, in case right, you don't yeah. remember. Uh, yeah, he's okay, been introed. Okay, Ray Mysterio. All right, we're done then. Cool, let's go to the show. What are we doing tonight? <laughs> uh, he himself, well, by his own admission, didn't want to be introduced again, so. Let's, let's get into it. Yeah. We'll talk yeah. NEW first. NEW segment, let's hit it. All right, hop over to nationextremewrestling.com. Tickets are still on sale for NEW5 happening in just a few weeks, February 25th at the Harbor Convention Center in Vancouver. Uh, People have been chomping at the bit, just waiting to get out there and wrestle for the fans. It's an amazing card, top to bottom. So if you haven't got your tickets yet, get your tickets. 
Now, also on sale just happened the other day for NEW Afterglow on Monday, February 28th uh, at the Colony Entertainment District. It'll be a night of trivia and wrestling, four rounds of trivia, four matches, $15, or teams of four for 50 bucks. Now, since we last chatted, folks, uh, they've actually announced the card for Afterglow, the matches that people are going to be getting to see. So we'll break down the card here. We've got uh, Parm versus Elliot Tyler, first of all. Uh, Wyatt, your thoughts on this one? Again, you're, I know you're a big Parm guy, and you, and you think he's due. Parm's he's due. due! He's always due, uh, but not at the hands of Elliot Tyler. That's my boy. I think Elliot Tyler is, uh, Tyler, Elliot Tyler, his new name, <laughs> Bob Holly's son, Elliot Tyler, is going to get in there, and uh, I think he's going to dominate. Yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of uh, chicken parm, and I'm a fan of uh, beef. So I guess put them together and you got something good? I'm not, I'm not sure. Is that, is right. that what we're talking about here? Yeah, yeah. Who, who's yeah. winning this match, and why is it parm? Sorry, how does parm Because I prefer chicken parm. Okay, yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, we also have the Big Hurt, Alan Jepsen versus uh, Evan Rivers. Uh, Wyatt, uh, why do you think Evan Rivers is going to lose this particular match? <laughs> I just don't think he's he's practiced enough in baseball style offense. I think you know the big hurt's gonna come in for a, a dirty slide, and Evan's not gonna know what's gonna hit him. Uh, so again, I, you know, Evan maybe he's been training, maybe he's finally done something with his life, and he's finally decided to dedicate himself to his craft. I don't know, but uh, he maybe he'll surprise me. But you know, I'm gonna go with the big hurt in this one. Talk about someone who's due. Evan Rivers is due. Come on, he's due. Due. Yes, thank you. He's, that's not what I said. God. It's not Shoot. bad. That's not bad. Like, that's uh, that's immature okay, as hell, fine. but that's pretty good. <laughs> All right. Oh. I just, I just, uh, anyway, anyways, go ahead. Evan has, has some new merch out. I suggest everyone to go buy it because he's the next he big it. thing mm-hmm. in NEW, and you're going to want to be repping mm-hmm. that stuff early. It's like when you like you see a t-shirt uh, in like a third world country of like the Canucks winning the 94. It's kind of neat to have that shirt that you can tell people, like, this is cool, right? I get that. I like that vibe. God, I hope he fights you one day. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he figure uh, fours you around a ring post. Yeah. Oh, that'd be great. While he's throwing $20 bills at him. Uh, the next match we have for Afterglow, oh, it's a Haas battle. It's going to be Malik Mello versus Sebastian Wolf from State of Emergency. I am super excited for this match. I, you know, again, I'm a big, you know, uh, Wolf Mark, big State of Emergency Mark. But uh, Mello, he showed me something in that tourney, right? Like, Malik I can't, Mello's I, great! Yeah. yeah, so I'm, I'm going to abstain from voting. I don't know who's going to win. I just know it's going to be a great match. I hope they reinforce the rings because these guys are going to tear that house down. Yeah, I'd be more worried about, like, is it going to be in the ring at all? Like, uh, hope, the, hope the colony has reinforced their windows, reinforced their their bar tables. I hope I hope they've reinforced everything because I'm I'm worried where this these guys might take this thing. Yeah, Malik Mello, he's an, he's an all-terrain wrestler. He will, you know, beat you in the ring. He'll beat you at the bar. He'll beat you upstairs. I'm, yeah, super, super. That's a t-shirt. All-terrain wrestler. That's a t-shirt. Oh, cool. Hey, (laughs) maybe we'll go into business together. Malik, if you listen to the show, let's connect. I've got some great t-shirt ideas. And then our main event at Afterglow will be Liza Hall taking on Angelica. Uh, again, I think uh, Liza Hall is. Uh, I think she's sneaky good. I think she's got. A, she's again. You talk about people who are due. Uh, I think she's one of those people that is due for a bit of a hot streak. I think she just needs one big win under her belt, and I think this might be that chance to do it. Yeah, t- I I can only assume. Now we're going to talk about the 
the upcoming uh, women's championship uh, being introduced at NEW. We'll talk about that in a bit. But if Liza Hall isn't in that mix, she's certainly earned her spot. Uh, so I can only assume that Angelica is, is the first of, of, of a few victims coming up here quickly. Yeah, women's division, a uh, lot of progress, a lot of action going on there because uh, it was also announced in the last week that uh, Layla Gray uh, signed a multi-match agreement with uh, NEW, so she'll be at shows here in May and June. But also probably the biggest news that came out of the last week was that the NEW five matches between uh, Casey Spinelli and Taya Valkyrie and Sumi Sakai and Nicole Matthews will be semifinals to determine uh, who the first ever NEW women's champion is going to be. Which, yeah, which is awesome. I want to always see the more belts. I want to see who the champions are. I want to see who the top of the divisions are. And I, I love the fact that we've got such a, a deep women's roster. Because when when NEW first started out, you know, it looked like, you know, it wasn't that big. And we were a little concerned. But, again, I should never doubt Rob Faye. Because all of a sudden now it's it's maybe even stronger than the men's division. So it's uh, it's pretty exciting to watch what's been going on with uh, NEW as they build up the roster. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, has it been... <sighs> Has it been Nicole Matthews's region for too long? You know, has is someone ready to supplant her as the top uh, female talent in this in the Pacific Northwest, really? And and but she is she is the best. I gotta give it to her. So uh, I I I assume we're gonna see her take it away as the as the first champion here. But there's a lot of challengers available. Is, is it been too long, Nicole Matthews? I feel like you've got a vendetta against her, and I don't like it. She's Dude, a champion I called her out as my favorite wrestler like, yeah, in, that, in yeah, all of like the Pacific Northwest like three weeks were, ago. Did you see you, the look in your eyes? You probably I did. weren't here when I said that. You That's say things with a, with, a, with a little bit of a tinge to a lot of things, so I, I don't fully believe you, sir. You're, so. you're Mr. Tinge. What's wrong what, with that? You tinge what, it all. I got purple also, behind me. It's pretty dark, uh, so the nerve to claim that Paris has a vendetta yeah, against yeah, or a bias involved. Yeah, he's, a bias. he's a complete bias. You're right. I know the nerve of him to do that is upsetting, right? So I'm glad you see that. Like for once, you're probably like, why can't Billy Swade be the women's champion? Like, I mean, it's a good question. He's got the hair for it, but I don't know why we have to get like, <laughs> don't just count Billy. All right. I don't see already. You're, you're, see, that's the thing. It's his, all he does is throw people under the bus. How is that helping? I'm not throwing anyone? anyone under the bus. Like this is like uh, Evan Rivers' like, for performance you. in front of me, you right? Like I don't like what I'm seeing. I just, I just wish we could raise the bar higher. Here's the Evan Rivers bar. Go above it, everyone. Okay. Gentlemen, some decorum. Uh, also announced uh, is that General Manager Alex Plexus and Christopher Cassidy apparently will have announcement ahead of NEW Five that will change everything. So as soon as I saw Ooh. this posted at the Nation Extreme Wrestling Twitter account, uh, Wyatt, I said, get, get Stanch out there, you winning awards, get scooping. Wyatt, what have you found out about what this announcement may or may not be? Okay, look, I've been traveling the circuit with Travis Williams, doing a lot of podcasts with him. I've been kind of working the scene with him. So I haven't had a chance to dig into this yet, but I will, okay? Because obviously that is the big scoop. Uh, and anytime Plex is involved, um, it tends to be self-serving. So I'm going to see what he has up his sleeve. I'm a little worried about that, but uh, I just got to say that, you know, Travis Williams, uh, he's a, he's a jam-up guy, great guy. Had a good time with him. And uh, he says he'll be on the podcast uh, sooner rather than later, uh, assuming, again, that his one thing is that Paris can't be on that episode. So once we get that sussed out... But he's as uh, always, Mike I'm Harris. As, al- as always. As I, I, hey, I don't. I didn't come up with it. It was his decision. So I mean, if it was any time that one of you wasn't on here, it'd be like there'd be too many options. They wouldn't know where to start. So what but, if Plexus announces that me and Paris are off the podcast and it's going to be the Wise Cast from now on, and just Wyatt and the Wise Men? I don't want to put that idea out in the universe. I shouldn't have even said that. 
the ratings would be so high. Oh my God. Can you imagine that? Like we'd actually start making money? Like that'd be pretty exciting, right? We make tons of money now. We're I not just making, pocket we're all not of making it. money. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, wait. That makes sense. Oh, shh. Move on, move on, move on, move on. Uh, yeah, anything else NEW-wise uh, you guys wanted to get into or discuss? We're obviously a stone's throw away from being back in front of the fans, putting on great shows, and everybody is obviously really, really excited. Uh, there have also been the announcement of the NEW trading cards. Uh, Wyatt, do you get a card? Uh, I'm assuming it's like one of those special ones that no one knows about. You know, when you go to McDonald's, you get like the giant Patrick Waugh card or like a foil card. So we'll look, look, I thought you meant the that. kind of card where people pick it up and go, who the fuck is this? <laughs> I mean, when it's foil, you know, it's someone special. So, hey, the, the world knows soon enough. So you, you get a foil card with my face on it. And then like, I thought it was like, signature trophy. Who, who is Peter Zezel? Why? And why is he a card? Hey, Zezel, put some respect on Zezel's name. I mean, first off, rest in peace. I mean, bro, is come on. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Lots of people are dead. Do your research, oh, man. Well, oh my God! Who's the heel dead. here? I get yelled at a lot. A lot of people. That's the teacher for Mike Paris. A lot of people are dead. Lots of people are dead. Lots of people are dead. So that's it. So if you do pass away, have some family member pass away, Mike will go to the funeral and give the eulogy. So quick and easy for Mike. Lots of people okay, are I'll dead. I'll make a trading card of your loved one. Jesus. So the trading card set, limited edition, uh, $20 plus taxes. Uh, I know they've been putting a lot of work into the cards. They look awesome. So keep your eye out on NationExtremeWrestling.com for details around that as well. Uh, And I think, I don't know if it was announced. I think I saw it on Twitter that the first match kicking off uh, NEW5, is that going to be the number one contenders match with State of Emergency and Reloaded? Did anybody else see that? They, I, I believe so, uh, and I also think that uh, I want people to know who have not been to the Harbor Center. I did a bit of research there. It does look fantastic. So if you haven't been there, go there. If it wasn't for COVID, NEW would have been taking over the world. So the fact that, you know, they've got a lot of things up their, up their sleeve, and uh, I honestly, you know, jokes aside, cannot wait to see what they have coming. Again, it's trading cards. Who, who else has trading cards right now? It's, it's a lot of fun. And, and yes, I know, lots of people die, but it's going to be a very exciting time. Uh, yeah, but Wyatt, I'm going to agree with you here because oh, I've, I've never even thought about that before. But like, imagine if we weren't in a COVID world, mm-hmm. NEW is already taking this market, taking this area of the world in regards to independent wrestling, like to the moon. And, and imagine if they had free reign of venues and occupancy and beer and good times then uh, it, it would only be up from here. So I imagine that NEW is not stopping anytime soon, people. Rogers Arena, man. One day, Rogers Arena. Dream oh, big. Yeah. Dream big. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, all right. Well, let's uh, close the book on NEW for now. And we got plenty to talk about for the next several weeks. And uh, look at the wide world of wrestling. Okay, so a pretty eventful week in wrestling. Uh, one of our favorite pay-per-views, one that we've been to together live before the Royal Rumble happened last Saturday. But before we get into that, we will start alphabetically, not just because of quality. We will start alphabetically with AEW. It has uh, been a little bit since Dynamite. And uh, yeah, it was pretty eventful Dynamite, I should say. I-, I will say that this is maybe the first week, maybe ever, that we have more to talk about coming out of New York than we do 
Yeah. From from AEW. Like maybe the first time ever in the history of this show. So Yeah. But so, yes, well, absolutely. Let's start alphabetically and talk about Dynamite. Okay, so first off, uh the gun club this week didn't do a whole lot. Wow. But they did oh no. Uh Brian Kendrick was the big uh news over the last couple days with AEW. Uh he was uh released from WWE and then the next day signed with uh AEW and was set to have a match with uh John Moxley on Dynamite, and then uh, decade-old comments and conspiracy theories and some pretty horrible shit that he said uh, kind of came, not necessarily to light, because some people knew about it, but it wasn't, like, that well-known. But that came to light. Tony Khan acted quickly, pulled Kendrick from the show, released him, and then we started with uh, Moxley and Wheeler Yuta, which was a fun match, but the big thing that came about was what happened afterwards. Now, Wyatt, you've never been a big Moxley guy. You don't like Wild Thing. You never really liked Dean Ambrose. Uh, what do you feel about a potential uh, Brian Danielson-Moxley alliance? And there was a time when I actually, like, I was a Dean Ambrose guy, and I thought, like, he was my favorite of the Shield. Um, there was a little brief time, but I just feel like he... I felt like WD was the issue with him, but I'm like, no, he just has a bit of ham to him I can't get past. And so right. the Moxley line is in place for me. And I'm excited if Daniel Bryan can be the guy that kind of can drag him into more legitimacy. It's kind of like you put Brock Lesnar with someone and it kind of makes him seem like they got, you know, they're tough. They're hanging with Lesnar. So Daniel Bryan, you know, doing that whole speech about how, like, you know, who's one of us? Like that helps. I don't know if it's going to sell me on Ambrose, but it, it, it's. Ambrose is trying to sell that persona, so this helps that, right? So that makes sense. Like, oh, yeah, like, I'll fight anyone. You know, hit me with glad, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So I think that's really interesting. I like the fact that there is a potential chance for another stable here or for them to bring, like, young guys into their belt. I just kind of like how it's coming down because I wasn't expecting it. I think it's kind of fun, and I didn't see where it was coming from, and I kind of want to see it happen. So, uh, yeah, it is. It's, it's. I like how it's being formed. I like it. I like it. Yeah, because um, when Moxley had his return match, I think it was last Friday on Rampage, when he walked out of the ring... Uh, Danielson was kind of like I love how Danielson's not like on the stage he was kind of like on the floor in, not in like the rafters but just kind of like tucked aside watching from where someone would realistically be watching from uh, and then they had a look and then they go okay well there's the next program it's going to be Moxley versus Danielson we never got to see that before okay and then they had their stare down on Dynamite after the match and then Danielson makes this pitch that they could run shit together and all the cartoony sort of stuff with vlogging Sammy Guevara and Luchasaurus and fake cowboy Adam Page. Speaking my language. Uh, all that stuff that, like, they could get some legitimate guys and fucking dominate, and Moxley seemed to be considering it. Paris, what'd you think of this whole uh, this whole angle? Um, maybe, uh, <clears throat> I'm not, I can't remember exactly how it was phrased, but I didn't necessarily read into it saying that they are going to be a tag team or that they are going to, like, I heard allegiance and i heard like we're going to teach these young guys how to do this so i would actually like to see this as a um not a tag team and maybe not so much of a stable but like literally them just like taking turns like kicking the shit out of different young guys like week after week after week oh. and just like them being like we're the educators we're the guys who teach these guys what wrestling really is but they're not actually like part of the tag team division Oh, that's super interesting. I hadn't considered that at all. Because that I thought the way be he kind phrased of iron, it was just like, like... Iron sharpens iron type Exactly. Thing. Yeah. And like, like, we're going to go and we're going to have matches with Wheeler Yuta and we're going to like toughen this guy up. Right. And we're going to help... I actually don't like the idea of them as a tag team. That He, I, he specifically that said of, that they could, you and me could win the tag team title. So he, it's not like he didn't lean into that. So, yeah. so it's yeah, possible no, no. to be a tag I, team. I, I just... I, I don't like... I, 
I like my booking better. Let's put it. <laughs> I've, well, Paris, to your point, like I don't think I've ever seen anything like that kind of happen before. Like not necessarily a tough love type thing, but a you know mentorship by fire where yeah. we're just gonna beat the hell out of these lads and get them up to our level because yeah, like I said, iron sharpens iron. What about and- the guys that they mentioned? Like uh, Lee Moriarty, uh, Daniel Garcia specifically car- called out, Wheeler Yuta, same thing. Uh, do you feel like the names that were dropped were like w- would be a good fit with these guys? Uh, yeah, because they are those kind of same, especially to Brian Danielson, that kind of like high technical style that just kind of needs to be shaped into a professional wrestler and, or someone who can uh, wrestle on TV on a week to week basis and, and, and put a show on for the fans. So I think those are kind of the right guys if they are going to do this. Like, I, I genuinely feel like it's like taking kind of the diamond mine angle from uh, from NXT, but yeah. making it good (laughs) that's kind of how it felt to me and the way it was kind of pitched by brian danielson so i i like where the potential of it um but like i said i just don't think they belong in the tag team division and if they end up in the tag team division if they end up tag team champions that just seems so like we don't know what else to do with you guys so go be a tag team um where i don't think that that's what needs to happen for either of their characters First of all, I feel a bit bad for for FTR. I feel like they're like taking a bit of what their oh. their whole thing was, right? The revival, oh, like FTR, not flips. Right. Like, yeah, it's a bit of that kind of style. But uh, you know, Dan Bryan's a guy who can completely do. He's already been doing that, right? When he's been beating the shit out of people, so it kind of goes down that line. And uh, I mean, let's say they do this for like a, a good year, and in AWs, it time to grow. I'm fine if they have a period of time where they go for the tag team titles. I don't need them to win it, but if they even want to get in there and to beat up some top tag teams just to show what they can. They're good at what they do. No problem with me because I'm going to trust Daniel Bryan. End of the day, Bryan Danielson. So, um, again, for me, it's more of like I'm, you know, like Bret Hart could wrestle anyone and make them look good. I'm intrigued to see if, if Bryan Danielson can make me like Moxley. So that's my big challenge. I'm excited because if there's one guy who could do it, it would be either Daniel Bryan or, or Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar couldn't do it because he didn't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> But Daniel Bryan's motivated. Yeah, when he cares, though, when Brock cares, like that match he had against uh, Daniel Bryan years ago, the AJ Styles, when Brock cares, that's what makes Brock frustrating, is that when he cares, you know he can get to that, like, level and still be such a great top performer, but he can just rest on his laurels and the fact that, yeah, I'm Brock Lesnar, even when I'm, like, operating at a four, that's better than most people's eights, and people are excited to see me, so... You know, I'm getting paid. Actually, why should I even b- mention that? He's getting paid. He yeah. didn't. He didn't care. Yeah, he's, only, a, he's getting the system. He's in a good job. He's getting the system. <laughs> uh, yeah, super interesting to see where this goes. Because yeah, I was just going. Okay, they're gonna feud next, and maybe they still will. Maybe Moxley turns them down or something, or maybe they have a disagreement about who those guys could be. Because you can very clearly see that maybe Moxley wants to bring in like an Eddie Kingston into it. I feel like we're getting, and and there's lots of hints towards this that they're trying to angle out of the never-ending stables in AEW. So it'd be kind of weird for them to start to reform a different one, but maybe maybe they're just starting anew. Yeah, because next week on Dynamite, we're going to see the Inner Circle's mandatory team meeting. And I haven't cared about the Inner Circle since maybe this, right. maybe the stadium stampede. Sure, I don't even know who's in the go- pinnacle anymore. Like, yeah, like you mentioned FDR. Is... I think they're in there somewhere. But... They are, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, let's do evolution again. That's I know you're just focused on the gun club, Bo. Well, that's the thing with the stables. Like, yeah, when you get a lot of stables, like, you know, like the LWO, um, that don't really matter. Like, they just kind of like get lost in it. Like, how dare you? Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, 
I want like effective stables that matter. And yeah, it's unfortunate at the end of the day, it tends to involve star power or guys with a lot of potential, but that does kind of start for me a bit with having, you know, Moxley and Dan Bryan's a good core to see if they can make it work. And again, like I know some stable, it can get tiresome with stables, but I would love to see these guys give a chance to make an effective, efficient stable. Not one of those ones where it's like, yeah, the inner circle is here for a while and who gives a shit? And oh yeah, it's like, the fucking yeah I give them a chance I think I'm intrigued to see what they can do with it what if that was like one of their first orders of business is they're like okay we are eradicating all these other stables dark order you're done hardy family office Andrade group or whatever you guys yes. are done oh too. my god we're yeah. gonna destroy the pinnacle we're gonna destroy this and they just run through and like we are the dominant group and the best way to prove that is to wipe all you guys else off of the roster because I don't think any other stable needs to exist in uh, AEW right now pinnacle the- means nothing nothing uh inner circle they've been around since dynamite started since episode one and not interested the elite is pretty fractured and stuff right now and that's a tentative group like as it is the nightmare family's like gone done and gone uh i hope they don't add more people to the the kings of the black crown or the knights i don't know they say kings on commentary the uh the uh malachi black brody king thing i hope they don't oversaturate that so yeah i think that'd be a pretty interesting way to go about it. Now, uh, Dan Lambert was on a couple different segments of the show. Uh, Wyatt, you weren't on our episode a couple weeks ago where uh, Dan Lambert came out and basically was a uh, vessel for your words, mm-hmm. uh, ripping into Hangman Page, calling him a fake bullshit cowboy true. and all this stuff and a pretend uh, dress-up cowboy. How A lot of people hate this guy and not just like character-wise hate him, just like want him gone. Do you like Dan Lambert? He's got to stay. He's a voice. He's the voice of reason right now. I think this guy has really got a, a pulse on on how the thing should be going. So uh, he's calling it like he sees it. And uh, you know, I, I I'm a Dan Lambert guy right now. I like what he's doing. Yeah, he doesn't have uh, go away heat. I believe it's uh, called from me. Yeah. <laughs> um, he he just has normal heat from me. So I'm fine yeah. with I'm fine with disliking him from a storyline perspective. I don't really I don't really see what else. And now they've like teamed him with with Lance Archer, kind of. And yeah, I'm not that's... sure what that is or where that's going. Um, but but I don't I don't know what they I feel like they're just trying to hand him a microphone whenever they can. But now he looks kind of like a bitch because he's with the you know he's second to Jake Roberts in the Lance Archer manager situation. Yeah, which is weird because Jake's fine in that role and Jake's like good in that role. Go with Jake. Well, that's actually one thing that happened on the show yesterday. I almost uh, posted about it on Twitter. But when Danielson was talking, nary a what chant in the crowd. And that's something that's like a huge difference, right? Like, it's, he's captivating what he's talking about. That happens with a lot of promos. But I think Roberts maybe got a bit of the uh, a bit of the what treatment. But, you know, Lambert doesn't. I think Brandy Rhodes was. How do you guys feel about Brandy Rhodes getting absolutely uh, massacred by the crowd? I didn't know she was going to continue with the promo. Yeah, I'm I'm surprised she toughed it out there, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Just kind of riding on the on the Cody heat, I guess she should be kind of expecting it. But well, I thought she yeah she was great in the mic. She handled it really well. Honestly, yeah. she didn't get like two faced. She she has a good delivery. It's like like she talks like well. She's like talking confident words and uh, yeah. I mean, considering like like the crowd was predisposed to fucking hate her and Lambert <laughs> yeah. landed some easy shots. Like it was one of those things where like I think she did a pretty good job. And but it does you know beg the question of like. She's gonna have to lean into that heat, man. Like it's just right there for her, right? To kind of lean into that, being like, you know, especially like the fake jaw pedal shit he threw at her. Like, yeah, it's 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 lending itself to kind of yeah, full embracing the heel, right? Like, I don't know I, how you don't. Yeah. 
I did enjoy her uh, slamming Ethan Page. And yeah, we only got you. The only reason we signed you is to get to Josh <laughs> Alexander. Holy shit. That wow. was a great oh, retort. That's yep, good, yep. good, good stuff. Uh, yep. So Hangman Page will be uh, wrestling Lance Archer uh, for the AEW Championship in a Texas death match taking Jesus. place in New Jersey uh, next week on <laughs> Dynamite. He's never been to Texas. Probably doesn't know what Texas is. <laughs> Fucking God damn it, I hate him. Pa- Paris, you excited about is it like clear cut that Archer's not winning this thing and we're just kind of keeping Paige warm for the next thing, or do you think Archer's got a shot? Uh no, no. I th- I think I've said this before. I think they like Archer. I think they want Archer to to be a fixture, you know, as a, as as one of their big guys, uh, literally and, and physically. Um but but no, this is not this is not A, it's not the time to take the title off of Paige. Um, they missed their their kind of short term window for that, so now it's kind of time to lean into the long term with him. And Archer is not the guy to take it off of him. So, yep. uh, why you obviously feel like Lance Archer is going to destroy this guy and end uh, Hangman Page's career, correct? I mean, if it's a Texas death match, it should he should lose because he's fucking he's no shit all about it. I have a dream that like Brock Lesnar just walks in on a shoot and just goes and pins him just to, and has that cowboy hat. And I honestly, I'd retire from watching wrestling that would be like I think my pinnacle paris would too <laughs> yeah for different reasons paris is like well i'm done i feel like you have a lot of dreams about brock lesnar and they usually a involve lot. you changing your sheets so. a lot yeah hey, i'm not hey, i'm not afraid it's 2022 i'm okay with that i am okay with that <laughs> all right so uh hangman page beat brian danielson uh, we got last week in that ladder match, Cody Rhodes lost to Sammy Guevara, put Sammy Guevara over. And then this week we had the 40-something minute main event. CM Punk and MJF finally uh, got together in the ring, finally had a match. Uh, some people absolutely loved it, lost their minds over this match. Some people a little bit underwhelmed. Uh, some folks like Booker T are confused as to why they would put this on free TV and give it away. It's still a growing company, Mr. T. Come on, like, for real here. Uh, Paris, what did you think of the Punk versus MJF potential match of the year candidate that happened just last night? Is someone saying that potential match of the year? A lot of people. I'm seeing that all over the place. Oh, <laughs> match of the year. Oh, this is going to shut it down. I, it's done. I No, I don't, I don't agree with that. I, I thought it was a fine. It was a fun match. It had a lot of spots in there that were a lot of fun to watch. It it ended the right way. Um, it, it I liked the finish. I liked the Pepsi plunge. Haven't seen that in a while. I'm, I'm yeah. glad. I'm glad that CM Punk can still pull out these moves, and I'm glad he can still go for 40 minutes. But this match was way too long, especially with the 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 finish planned the way it was. You could have easily put took I don't know 15 minutes out of the middle there, and and given the fans exactly the same result. Now, they did the false finish thing they also did in the Chris Jericho match where uh, MJF initially won, and then it was discovered afterwards by the referee that, oh, there had been some cheating, and then the match was restarted, and then off you go. Uh, why? What do you think about that Like as a booking technique to do that old restart? Because the thing, if you're not familiar with it, he was choking him with some tape. And I loved the spot because he was, like, locking on a covert sleeper hold. And then with his top hand, he was pulling on the tape, which the referee couldn't see because his other hand, his other arm was blocking it. I thought that was awesome. But then when he was celebrating, he saw the tape on the mat and then figured out what happened, even though he didn't see it. Like, referee, you got to call what you see, right? 
Yeah, you go like from like treat it like a sport. Um, going back after the fact, that's kind of not how it works. Sports, if it's the, once the whistle's done, it's kind of over, right? Like it's not like there's yeah. yeah so I don't necessarily like that style of, of, of a finish. And I mean, that's kind of AEW has been. He's done a lot of really good things, but there is definitely a level of like too many chefs in one kitchen sort of aspect to it. Like I feel like sometimes a lot of things are happening, and not that WWE is perfect either, but like a lot of times you feel like there's a lot of people have a lot of ideas. They're trying different things. Like the whole stable thing. It's like. If, you know, everyone and their friend gets to hang out with each other, they come up with a stable name. It feels like there's a lot of that going on where they're letting the rest. And it's fine. It's not like they don't need to do that. But sometimes I feel like they, kind of, they can maybe overthink things. And so I almost want a bit of a tighter product. Again, this is kind of like me just picking at things. But I almost want like a bit of a cleaner, tighter product at times. Yeah. And to elaborate on that, I feel like there's this misconception now with AEW that a match can't be good unless if it's 45 minutes long, like, yeah. <laughs> like they yeah, yeah. <laughs> they put themselves into this corner a little bit. And I, that, like I said, I think that match would have been a perfect half hour match. You could have easily, easily gotten the same result and, and probably gotten the best out of these two wrestlers in a short amount of time. And you could have left space because otherwise the card was pretty slim. Uh, you know, no, no other matches really impressed me. Uh, well, the, the tag match was good. The, um, Pock, uh, Pock, Pock, and, yeah, uh, that that whole shebang, but like yeah, the women's match was pretty lackluster. So you could have fit in something else there, or you could have fit in maybe a little bit more uh, storytelling before the match uh, to keep it going. But uh, yeah, that's my only complaint. I'm glad, I'm glad it went down how it did. I just think that they could have, like to Wyatt's point, tightened things up a little bit. Yeah. So with the finish, you had um, Wardlow come out. Crowd not quite sure how to react. Some chair and some booing. And then uh, steps over MJF, gets in Punk's face, and then kind of steps back. I, I thought that he might throw MJF in the ring uh, for a uh, GTS or something. Or that he would step over him, get in Punk's face, and then step back and just like kind of walk out and not get involved at all. But they did a sly little pass of the dynamite diamond ring. And then he punched CM Punk and got the win uh, that way. Punk's first loss in AEW, which I think all of us were pretty certain was going to come at the hands of MJF. Uh, because it seems like with Cody Rhodes, Brian Danielson, and Punk, they are making good on what they said they wanted to do, and that's come over and elevate some uh, some stars. Yeah, and to have him beat him in Chicago in the fashion that he did, it gives MJF all the juice he needs to keep his character going. It, it refuels that character, gives him something else to be a total braggadocious asshole about mm -hmm. and uh you know and yeah i guess now wyatt just needs something to fuel his braggadocious asshole character and then well everyone will be happy he's picking up his award he's showing you it's <laughs> the trophy uh yeah again i'm, I'm kind of intrigued by punk because i i think daniel bryan has been like my star for the import star who's come in here he's been like just everything i thought he would be yeah. and cm punk i know like you know he's like give him time he's off for a while but i still haven't gotten like that the juice from punk i thought i was gonna get and i don't know what it is i just it's nothing i don't think he's doing anything inherently wrong but like i'm just not i'm not sitting there going like i can't miss this segment for cm punk but if i hear that brian down is going to be a segment i'm going to watch it no matter what yeah, and cm punk's not in that mode for me right now danielson's been a beloved baby face and a despised heel in his very very short time there and has done both roles so effectively that, yeah, I don't think anybody else is operating on that guy's level because not only in the ring, but all of his work, like, outside the ring, like, he is truly the fucking best, man. Uh, Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan, whatever you want to call him, he is just 
I, I think he's the true best in the world right now, and I don't really think that's really can be super disputed. Uh, the former will transition now talking about the uh, the former best in the world because he won uh, the last match in a fancy tournament in Saudi Arabia. Uh, Shane McMahon, there goes the <laughs> money. Uh, Shane McMahon uh, shockingly fired from or quietly let go which i'm sorry when it becomes a big news item it's not so quiet if it was three months from now we're all asking hey what happened to shane mcmahon and then it's like oh yeah he's not with the company anymore that's being quietly let go but shane mcmahon was very publicly quietly let go from wwe a lot of you know stuff happened apparently fallout from his involvement in the royal rumble Wyatt, i remember how excited we were when he made that return, you heard that music about, what was it, six years ago now, I think. Uh, and now Shane's done. Thoughts on the Shane McMahon news? It's crazy. Like You wonder at what point we keep saying after these big names, like, are they going to be selling them off? It feels like that what keeps what's happening, right? And eventually, like we said, like Triple H, if you got released, I don't think we'd be surprised. It'd be another, you know, another step in the ladder here. And it's hard to know what's going on. You Obviously, the dirt sheets are going to say what they say, and you hear a variety of things like, oh, Shane's let go for now, come back down the line, or no, he's gone permanently, or blah, 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 who knows. But it's... It is surprising that that honestly was one of the worst surprises that Shane was let go. Like that, that to me is like holy shit. Like that has like it has to be something in the grand scheme of things. He's go, he was let go for a reason, and I gotta know. <laughs> he's gone <laughs> so for he's a not reason. Here gone for, for a reason. reason. <laughs> yeah. So like, are they selling? What are they doing? But it really does feel like this one felt a little bit different than the other the other ones that have happened. Obviously, because it's a McMahon involved. Paris, have you uh, seen any of the the scuttlebutt, any of the news? This is obviously a developing story, and more is coming out kind of every day towards Shane's involvement producing the Rumble, what apparently he was like dealing with backstage. Have you seen any of this? Uh, well, t- I'm, not, I'm not sure whose side I'm on here, but it sounds like sounds like he was a divisive uh, viewpoint uh, in the booking. And uh, sorry, guys, but WWE needs someone to stand up and say this is bad right now and i'm sure we'll break down the rumble a bit further but it was pretty bad there was a lot of poor decisions made that evening and uh, maybe maybe shane was saying was being the the hey hold up guy in the room and saying maybe we should need make need to make different decisions uh, i'm not sure what his ideas were maybe they sucked but i feel like the one decision that we can say is him like oh well, guys here's the thing i'm gonna go out there now I want to outstrike Matt Riddle, former UFC fighter. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. I also want to eliminate Kevin Owens because, yeah. yeah, apparently from the stuff I'm the stuff I'm reading on the sites and the sheets uh, is that Shane, basically, this was a power grab, uh, and he was rubbing everybody the wrong way and trying to basically, like, put himself over. It was his idea for him to be in the Final Four. He wanted to work those spots with Matt Riddle. He wanted, like, all that kind of stuff, and, like, apparently they were going through multiple changes all day and he was driving everybody fucking insane uh with trying to make it all about him and trying to make this the shane mcmahon show um now he was rumored afterwards to be uh part of the elimination chamber uh pay-per-view sorry premium live event and then also he would have a wrestlemania program which i think we all kind of felt was geared towards austin theory perhaps but uh yeah now he gone because vince wasn't at the rumble triple h wasn't producing the rumble so shane some what some people are saying is that yeah i saw an opportunity and like quote played the mcmahon card was something i uh i read about today and People have always kind of thought that his creative ideas were real shit. And uh, this was kind of, he pushed Vince too far and then Vince let him go. 
Yeah, and and that and kudos to, to Vince if that's the case. Yeah, <laughs> must not be an easy decision to make. But then again, they, you know, they had some good years when he wasn't around. So and I think there ultimately there's maybe a few too many voices in that in that uh, in that room right now. And if he was a one who was just trying to put himself over, then it's probably not a great idea. And Shane's also always been kind of like it was clear writing was on the wall a, like a decade and a half ago that it was going to be Stephanie and Triple H's company and Shane wasn't the heir apparent like Vince Jr. was to Vince Sr. So he's, you know, struck out on his own, done def- different endeavors. Uh, you know, there was Raw Underground, of course. I don't know why he can't just have a bunch of so dudes good. fighting in a, yeah. in a warehouse somewhere. Yeah, I think I mean Shane. If he wants to learn how to do things, just you know, do whatever Kevin Dunn's doing, learn what that guy's doing because that guy survives everything. If they sell the company, he will still somehow survive with all his camera cuts and will never leave. So, uh, yeah, I think with Shane, obviously for him, the high point for him was a performer. Uh, for me, he peaked with obviously Kurt Angle that oh, match. I yeah. think like that was King when he was kind of like that scrap underdog. That was kind of the fun part of it. But you know, that Rumble spot uh, was terrible. It was. What, we, what are we talk about the Rumble? It was shit. I want to shit all over it till the end. What can we uh, talk about it? Yeah, well, let's go. Uh, let's go into it right now. Uh, then I have some some stuff to bring up afterwards. So yeah, let's talk about uh, the Rumbles. First of all, uh, women's Rumble. Uh, not a ton of surprises. A lot of you know divas that we've seen come back over the last several years. Uh, cool to see Melina again. For me, my big standout for the women's Rumble was fucking Ivory. Uh, Ivory was great. That was a fun spot. That was a real fun spot. Uh, why? What are some of your thoughts on the women's rumble? Uh, I like the fact they had old stars coming back, and the fact they actually had moments in the rumble like it's supposed to be. Like they yeah. actually did it like an actual rumble. Like I actually had fun. Like you know, it wasn't the most mind blowing rumble, but at least I had moments I remember. Like you said, Ivory, I always remember that, and just having them lay anything. Like it was just, it was, it was a rumble. It didn't need to blow me away, and I had fun with it. So uh, overall, like that was, you know, the by far the better rumble match on the night. It was definitely the better match, but I, I think they both the Rumble matches suffered from here's a bunch of people you know aren't going to win. Here comes number 30. They are going to win. And I feel like that had the same kind of feel for both the matches where it was like, I, I know that the only person I thought might win would be Lita. And obviously they're they're continuing on with her as a, as an active competitor moving forward for the next little bit here, um, which I'm happy to see. So I thought that she might be the winner here to, to continue on with the Rumble program. I don't even know. We, we didn't even reference Ronda Rousey uh, last week or the possibility of Ronda Rousey. So I, I didn't even see that coming, to be honest with you. But I, as soon as it happened, I was like, oh, I should have seen this coming. <laughs> yeah, and, and when she comes down the way, because Sasha went out relatively early. Uh, and then once Sasha was out and Cameron was out, I think it was pretty clear that, okay, once Rousey, <laughs> uh, once Rousey came out, oh, she's winning this thing. Clearly, she's she's going to win this thing. There had been some rumblings that Paige had been cleared to return to wrestling and might have returned at the Rumble or whatever. Uh, who knows if that's going to uh, come to fruition. But, yeah, as soon as Bad Reputation hit, oh, okay, there's your... There's your winner right there, which fine. I just hope that they go the route and they have her like and Becky one on one like it should have been years ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there are rumblings that she might be challenging Charlotte uh, and we do Bianca Belair and Becky again. Uh, Yeah. All right. Like either direction she goes fine. But uh, yeah, you're, you're both right. It was for sure the better booked rumble match because there was actually interesting things that happened throughout you had sonia deville we got brie mode again we got brie, brie mode, mode again 
Uh, <laughs> all right, now to the uh, to the lesser rumble, uh, the the men's rumble. Um, outside of your Johnny Knoxvilles and your Bad Bunnies, uh, not a lot of surprises here. Uh, Wyatt, I I know you're a huge Madcap Moss guy, are you not? Oh my! I felt like I was watching a bunch of creator wrestlers because I don't watch a lot of WWE. I'm like, oh is this a real God, person? Totally. Like, I'm like, yeah. Happy Corbin. I'm like, someone just edited Corbin and called him Happy Corbin. Like, I don't know what's going on. I'm like, is this really what? And some the theme songs are generic, and I'm watching. And like to, to Mike Paris's point of how like, I don't know what Bowman said. Like, he just, he just knows a lot of people that aren't going to win. It's like the worst thing you can see is like next guy up, tag team specialist. Oh okay. And then like the next guy comes up like later on, it's his other tag team part, like Bobby Roode. I'm like, oh okay. Dolph Ziggler, okay, I see what's going on here. And you know, that's fine when you use that for, like, the big Kane spot. All of a sudden, there's a bunch of guys there, and they have their big clearing out. The, like, that works, yeah. and you need those guys in there. But it felt like 95% of it was, like, just filler. It no was. big spots, right? Like, nothing big, nothing fun, no storylines. Like, with Shane McMahon, I don't know, like, Kurt Angle's around. Have this, those two end up in the ring together at the same time, because they have the history, and they both limit each other. Like, yeah. just to give us moments of memory so we can think about past times, and they can bring it up in commentary. Get some sort of storyline here so we can have fun with it, rather than just, like, the most generic shit I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, I was sitting there, I, I'm very rarely bored in the, the room, but I sat there just really, really bored, and, like, it's sad that, like, one of the biggest pops of the night was Matt Riddle. Like, everyone's like, we know who he is, at least, but he's still a fucking tag team guy right now. Yeah. And, like, for me, like, I, I know people are like, oh, I knew Lesnar was coming. I didn't know he was going to be in the Rumble. I was kind of hoped he would. So when he came out, at least I was like, oh, thank fuck, he's going to win. And that completely saved the Rumble. And it was the best Rumble I've ever seen in my life. But until then, <laughs> not a good Rumble, boys. Yeah, Montez Ford comes out, and you're like, yeah, Montez Ford. But then in the back of your head, uh, no disrespect intended, but you're like, oh, that means Angelo Dawkins at some point and yep. you know i feel i preemptively feel so bad for angelo dawkins i really hope something happens with that guy because that guy's got you know Janetti kind of written like all over him and i like them as a pairing but montez ford uh oof, that guy's a future star in the making for sure and i feel like there's going to be maybe next year he'll have a really good rumble showing but why not have it happen this year like it the clear critique of WWE is that they're not really good at making new stars and you know, the reliance on Lesnar and Goldberg and all that shit just starts, like proves that but why don't you have Montez Ford like have some flashy spots and go on a little bit of a run this year and kind of test the waters with that I thought that would have been really good uh the Kofi Kingston spot Paris. I was just gonna say that <laughs> oh my god the speaking Kofi of Kingston reliable spot. guys who can deliver good spots first time it's happened there was a bit of a one a couple years ago with xavier woods it didn't go as planned we were supposed to catch him in kind of like a code red type move and he hit the floor but his feet stayed up but regardless this is the first time in 14 15 rumbles where kofi kingston uh fucked up that spot i I don't know why he doesn't just put one foot down and then like keep the other foot anyway because you know both feet anyway long story short um i I everything why I said is is absolutely correct. This was just a bunch of mid Carter uh, nobodies for way too long. They I feel like even the Johnny Knoxville spot was wasted. I feel like they could have done even way more so with more. that. Mm-hmm. Um, there was way too many moments of like like you brought up uh, Riddle coming out. It's like oh okay cool now everyone go to your corner so Riddle can kick off his sandals. And there's like way too <laughs> many instances of everyone just like going off and letting people do their spots. And it was really really obvious and ultimately a waste of time. It didn't make anyone look good, including Kofi, including <laughs> you know uh, Montez Ford, like including these guys who could have had good moments here. It made it elevated nobody. 
And that's a real shame because there's opportunity to do so in this match every year, and they didn't take the opportunity to do so. On our Rumble show last week with uh, Justin Morissette, Justin, thanks again for uh, for coming on. But we talked about like star making sort of performances, and we talked about that Daniel Bryan uh, Rumble where everybody got super mad that Kane and uh, Big Show were taking out all the people uh, to get Reigns over. But uh, a large part of Daniel Bryan being so like such a lightning rod for that Rumble was the fact he was just treated like nothing. And just kind of tossed out like anybody else. Uh, that sounds a lot like what happened to Big E and Kevin Owens in this Rumble. Here's two guys that essentially are your next guys up. And Owens has, you know, he's stuck around. He signed his new contract and stuff. So those were people I thought could, you know, maybe take a leap in this Rumble. Maybe being part of the Final Four or whatever. But the Final Four was Bad Bunny, uh, Shane McMahon, <laughs> Brock Lesnar... And, oh shit, who was the fourth? Drew. Drew McIntyre, thank you. Yeah. Uh, and of that, like, I don't want to see Drew win a Rumble. I, we, we've been, we did that. And we saw him be, you know, champion and stuff. And if Big E had never been champion before, I thought this would be a great launching pad for him. But he's wrestled Lashley and all that. So, okay, all right, fine. But, yeah, they were just so in the guys who should have been of consequence were so inconsequential in the Rumble. That's the thing that I have a hard time really kind of getting over. Because, yeah, here comes Happy Corbin. Here comes Madcap Moss. And here's Austin. They're all this stuff. Yeah, great. But you have your next guys up, your IC level guys. And the match did nothing to put any sort of forward momentum for them. Was there any NXT presence at all? I don't think so, but like, like not okay. even Braun Breaker, not like, even Braun no. Breaker. No, no NXT stuff. And I don't. I think that was the case and for the not ladies even in as the well. women's either. I yeah. don't think so. No. Well, they're, they're <clears> very interesting. Get, yeah, but like no. Always, always has been a showcase for NXT people as well. Yeah, previously, e- even those like Havsy guys right now, like your yeah. Tommaso Champas, your uh, who else? Roderick Strong has been milling about and stuff. Like you know, and the Ricochet is another guy that they just. They just do nothing with Ricochet, ever. And here's the Rumble. Here's a chance where he can maybe do some cool high-flying, some cool stunts, and nope, nothing. Like, I don't, it was, people were mad. People, the, it was the annual gathering of wrestling fans on Twitter to come together and go, that was the fucking worst thing. But even lapsed fans, I had mentioned on Twitter, they come back for the Rumble. Right, Wyatt, like, you're not a WWE guy, really. I mean, you don't watch keep up with the weekly show or anything. But you'll always love the Rumble. And I feel like you'll always come back for the Rumble. But if the they were doing another Royal Rumble, if it was happening next month, I don't think you would watch. Oh, it's much Rumble. But you're right. A lot of fans might not want to tune back into that, especially if you're looking for the next stars. Because that's the thing. There weren't even moments like... there. There's a lot of moments you can have in the Rumble. You can have a moment where a guy eliminates like a lot of people, and that becomes a moment. Like That could be a Braun Breaker thing. He eliminates 10 people. All of a sudden, yeah. that's like, oh, shit, Braun Breaker, that big moment. It could be someone being cheating and trying to like, hide and stuff has a bit of a kind of a... A heel has a kind of a cheesy, like, I'm hiding right now. At least it, like, it highlights him a bit. You could have those veteran moments. Remember Shawn Michaels when he got eliminated? How big that was when like he wanted to win the Rumble so bad? Oh, the fight by Undertaker. Oh, yep. yeah. And he, yeah. He and that, yeah. You can make so many different storylines in the Rumble and have people lose and make it meaningful and mean something, and they did jack shit with it. it I was actually blown away that I, when it hit 25, like, nothing's happened. Like, literally yeah. nothing has happened. I think Kofi just went out into business for himself. Like, fuck this, I'm out. <laughs> 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 I'm not going to save this piece of shit. Because, like, like they, there's so many... And again, I know they're having issues with storylines and all that stuff now, but they could have made some moments. And even the easiest one you can think of is, honestly, Braun Breaker eliminates 10 people. 
Yeah. All of a sudden, you got this, this stud come in and start just destroying people. Yeah. Why the hell? And what it. do you have to lose? And you mentioned yeah. you mentioned uh, Shawn Michaels. Even the you know years and years ago where he wrestled uh, Kurt Angle at WrestleMania, they started that program at the Royal Rumble where Michaels eliminated Angle. Yeah. Angle was pissed off, came like fucked him up afterwards, and boom! Now you have your Road to WrestleMania program between those guys, and it's all born out of the Rumble. They've tried that in the past with like you know Undertaker and like Goldberg and shit like that, or Undertaker Reigns, which they've kind of paid off, but like. Coming out of this rumble, I don't see any creative direction for anybody outside of Brock Lesnar. I, I will say that I still have a dream of one day that Maven comes back and eliminates like ten people. Give him yeah. his time. <laughs> that would have been a fun return. Get you to make him back and did nothing. Yeah, Maven comes back here. and Why then the dog with the Undertaker goes off. He just like, loses himself. He gets yeah. the fuck out. Of there. <laughs> like yeah. that, you don't get beat again. No, sorry, I'm not doing this. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a fun one because we'd all laugh, right? Like, we'd actually be like, oh, that's funny. Like, but again, I think WWE for the longest time, it does not pay off to pay attention at this point. They really don't. Like, you, you're not giving any payoff to, like, paying, paying attention to the product and being on top of it, which is sad. Yep. Uh, and for undercard matches, I was, me and Wyatt were joking about it. I was like, you, because Paris, you didn't watch it live. Like, Paris no. is going to hate this so much because both Lashley and Lesnar uh, came over pretty huge out of the Rumble. Lashley's your new champion. Uh, Reigns is back with Paul Heyman. I thought that was really well done because uh, I think Heyman works a lot better with uh, with Reigns in this current iteration of Roman Reigns. Uh, and then uh, Re- uh, Lesnar wins the Rumble. So it's a, def- it's a double fuck you to Mike Paris. Uh, I will say I did think the Reigns-Rollins match was good. I enjoyed it. I thought the Rumble got off to a great start. I know I, you know, make fun of Seth Rollins on the show quite a bit for his gimmick. (laughs) 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 But uh, I thought him coming out and trolling him with the shield music and the fist bumps, all that stuff was fucking genius, and I loved it. I I just, like, it kind of pained me to see him do cackling Rollins' gimmick to the shield music yeah. like that kind of burned my soul a little bit i i didn't really like that and it, it i don't maybe that was all part of his mind games but let's let's rewind a little bit because the double fuck you didn't happen as as you might have expected because i really liked the lashley lesnar match great I, maybe not as a match but i i thought this was some of the best storytelling that the wwe has done in a while i loved the moment with Heyman when he when he uh handed uh handed uh reigns the belt i thought they both played that so well like i just like the looks they were giving each other like convict told the story right there uh and and i liked the finish of that match and i, I thought it ended really well and then it gave every right to have Lesnar win the Royal Rumble after that point. So I was fine with that as well. I think it made a lot of sense from a storytelling perspective. So I'm not, I didn't think the match was stellar, but it's probably the better, one of the better Lashley, uh, Lesnar respectively matches I've seen in a while. So, so I'll, I'll take it for what was a very underwhelming rumble. It, It ended well. So a lot of fans, very vocal social media. A lot of people didn't like this rumble. I can't really think of anybody I know, or I saw that really did. Maybe Shane McMahon, but I'm sure he doesn't like it now. <laughs> um, recently, Nick Khan, uh, WWE's president and chief revenue officer, had a Q4 2021 earnings call. And although we feel like the business and WWE is in a toilet creatively, um, there is no reason to stop anything because 
they are doing a significant increase in business and everything uh, since they've moved over with Peacock than they did uh, prior to that. So Money in the Bank streams uh, from July up 25%. SummerSlam up 30%. Uh, Extreme Rules up 20%. Crown Jewel was up 75%. Survivor Series up 25%. Uh, the Royal Rumble was up 45% from the 2020 Royal Rumble uh, as far as viewership goes with it being on Peacock. Sorry, yeah, is that year over year? <clears throat> uh, they're comp- from what I'm seeing, they're comparing a lot of stuff from like 2020 or okay. 2019. I was going to say, they're not factoring I, I didn't, in pandemic I didn't think stuff. that they're, was apples to apples. Yeah, you can't no. just say that uh, that uh, empty arena WrestleMania is going to bring as much viewers yeah. as one that has 75,000 people. It in appears the, in as though, the yeah, they're, yeah, they're comparing it to prior shows that so, had like yeah. live crowds and stuff. So, Fair Fox. Uh, yeah, they've been touting how everything's been outperformed. The Royal Rumble was the most active event on the Peacock app in its short history. So again, that's the problem necessarily with WWE, and we've talked about on the show tons, is that there's no impetus for them to change anything. Nick Khan doesn't give a shit about pro wrestling. And anything like he's a money man. And their partner, they got their Saudi Arabia show coming up with the Elimination Chamber. Uh, they're just making money hand over fist. So who cares if the product isn't that good and you're losing fans? Yeah, I mean, that, you see that in a lot of industries, even like video games. Look at, you know, Blizzard back in the day. Very independent studios, made great games. They were known for their quality. And then eventually Activision buys them. And you got like a CEO, Bobby Kodak, who's a piece of shit. And he just runs it like a business, doesn't care about the quality. And it keeps making money because everyone loves the product. Like the, the IP is what sells, right? Oh, I know. I love Blizzard. I, I love WWE. Like that's, that's what I watched when I was a kid. I'll show my kid the same thing. So and it will. It'll go for a while. And eventually it probably won't work. Eventually you get to a point where there are diminishing returns. But they're going to ride as long as they can because why change? Like they don't need to you know, quote unquote, do the love of wrestling because it doesn't matter. They're making money. Yeah. They're in the money business. They're here. They have stakeholders. That's all. That's why AEW kind of is the refuge right now. And I kind of hope they go that direction. That's why I want AEW to do just fucking do a Royal Rumble. Like you guys have the forbidden door open. You know how much better that'll be when we don't like if fucking El Phantasmo showed up at Rumble for me personally, I'll lose my shit, man. Like give us the fun. Like just do it. Revolution Ragnarok. That's what we're going to call it. Yeah, at call the Revolution pay-per-view, 30 <laughs> men, one ring every 90 yep. just fucking steal it that's after every the 89 rumble. seconds everyone's every 89 just, seconds everyone's just begging <laughs> AEW at this point like yeah you get your casino battle royal five people that's at garbage battle yeah, royal garbage great. fine no just take it just yeah what the wwe did they invent an over the top rope battle royal no they didn't so i assume bret hart invented all of it he, he's the guy who does all yeah <laughs> bret hart and chris jericho sat down at the beginning of time and mapped out all of wrestling <laughs> So, yeah, but just just steal it. Just do it yeah. better. Because you know who would have been a great surprise entrant in uh, Revolution Ragnarok if that were to come to pass? Uh, Keith Lee's a free agent out there. Let's make mm-hmm. a star out of Keith Lee. Let's go for it. Uh, Carrying Cross, his uh, non-competes expired. A lot of the November 4th releases, Keith Lee being chief among them, uh, they're back and able to work wherever now. Yeah, I think the difference is if AEW were to do it, they could do... Uh, interesting things in that regard because they aren't they don't have the same reputation of now we're committed to that person yeah right if AEW Mm -hmm. or sorry if WWE were to bring in anyone it's like oh they're back now they're they're with they bring out El Fantasmo El Fantasmo's on the roster now it's like where AEW could bring out El Fantasmo and then he just wouldn't be there next week and everyone would be okay with it he was just was making that appearance as because they're you know they have deals with everyone so uh, I think that offers more interesting uh, opportunities for for different wrestlers to show up, but without the expectation that they're now going to be part of the show permanently. And what we've seen the the AW do with kind of like the veterans to kind of you know 
for lack of a better term, treat them right. I would be intrigued to see what they would do with the veteran spots. WWE used to be able to do. Remember when Mr. Perfect was in the Rumble? They used him perfectly oh, back Final in the day. Four. Final Four. Yeah, that's all you need him for. And that was awesome. You, like, you didn't think he'd win, but you thought maybe. Like, just, it was a bit of a tease. That's all you need, right? So if they do that with like a big star that like, kind of came back, like, you know, they're not going to win, but you're like, but maybe, maybe just for fun. Like, gets you, that's all you want, right? Just a bit of a believability. So I would love to see what they could do it with it. Just because, again, like, I hate. The concept of people already in the ring, that's garbage. I want to sit there waiting for the music to hit to know who, like, not know what's coming down the ring. Yep. Like, that's what I want to see. Like, that would be a lot of fun for me. Because basically you have the Joker, which is the big, ooh, every single time. But you only get that one, like, oh, shit, this guy moment in the Casino Battle Royals. Well, if you want big stars returning, uh, I don't know if it's been officially announced yet, but it looks to be the case. Uh, Goldberg is going to be returning to WWE uh, to the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view, sorry, premium live event, uh, to take on Roman Reigns, Spear v. Spear. We're finally getting that match from WrestleMania that never happened. Uh, Paris, man, how excited are you that you got Lashley on top, you got Brock on top, and now here comes Goldberg. No, noted, noted uh, <laughs> level of silence here. Um, okay, so did I hear correctly? We were, we were talking about this up top, and you said that he Goldberg is coming back from... No, sorry, he is pushing no, he, shoulder surgery He had in order uh, to... I think he had knee surgery or some sort of surgery on his leg uh, after the Lashley program last summer fall. And now apparently he also needs shoulder surgery, but he's decided to push that off till he's done with wrestling. And this is most likely going to be the last match he has because I think he's fulfilled. Yeah, it's going to be his last match he has yeah. because he's going to kill somebody. He almost he's killed going the to Undertaker. Drop someone on their neck and they are going to die. He is like he is already one of the least safe wrestlers, notably one of the least safe wrestlers in his entire career to work with. That hasn't changed in twenty goddamn years. That he's the most dangerous person in the ring and not in a good way. And now he has one shoulder and one knee. Okay, cool. That's not going to help anybody involved. And R.I.P. to Roman Reigns, I guess, is his opponent. Yep, seems like that's going to be the way. For no good reason, because I don't know how they're going to to book that in two weeks. Yeah, or they're just going to say, "Hey, for no good reason, you're fighting Goldberg." <laughs> I, we never had our match at WrestleMania, so top front of the line for me. And people just go, okay, he was a big deal uh, 23, 24 years ago. So, yeah. It makes no sense that they it just, makes... like, give people title opportunities between the Rumble and Mania. Like, from yeah. a storytelling perspective, it makes no sense. It's like, you are the next in line for the title. Okay, but, like, these guys get shots first, so yeah. you're, you're Austin, later. Austin Theory's in the Elimination Chamber. He did nothing in the Rumble, but he's in the Chamber, and he could very well, like, in kayfabe, he's got a one-in-six chance of winning the whole thing. Why would you bother with a one-in- to be Shane. Yeah, what would you bother with a one in thirty Royal Rumble odds? Like, exactly. no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wait till the Elimination Chamber and just get myself all trained up for that. So, uh, yeah, obviously a lot of fallout still to come from that, and we'll see what happens in the next couple weeks. Uh, Wyatt, you have uh, you got a little quiz? Uh, I do have a little quiz here. Uh, I want to test your your knowledge. Uh, I do. First of all, I want to say, give the world what they want. Give us Nia Jax versus Goldberg. That the world deserves that. Yes. <laughs> Shoot match. <laughs> Whoever dies. My whole. Um, <laughs> that's right. Who can forget these moves? The best thing she did. That's the best thing she ever did. Prove me wrong. Uh, I do want to know, like, which of the Saudi princes loves Goldberg so much, but has still seen the Saudi shows and still thinks he's got more to give. Like which one do you guys I think, I think they watch, man? I think it's just like they look at the poster and go, "Yep, mission accomplished. We did it." And then that's it. 
Because how could you watch him and The Undertaker do whatever they did? And, oh. Or when he beat, uh, maybe there was an Australian show when he beat The Fiend for the, uh, for the oh Universal God. Championship. That was, ah, man, that was a real, real low, low point for the company. Anyway. Okay, so let's go on to this quiz. It is about, uh, I know I know Bowman's a, a fan of the musics. I'm sure yeah. Paris has a bit of love for the music. So we're going to do a little uh, theme song quiz here. I need you to fill, finish the lyrics for me. Uh, some of these are quite easy. Some of them might be a bit are, are off. Are we boop boop boops? Oh, this is like... We can do boop boops again. No, no, I'm going to go... It's, it's, it's Paris, take turns. Turn. I don't want okay. to okay. have the entire podcast okay. of Morse code. Okay. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so first up, uh, you know what? You, you know what? Look, it's, a, it's a visual medium in my, in my opinion. So guys, do paper, rock, scissors right now for the folks at home. Okay. <laughs> Okay, that's both so paper. Fun. Okay, yeah. We should... Oh, <laughs> both, both scissors. scissors. Don't you rock. <laughs> okay. okay. All right, Paris. Paris won. Paris. That was a hotly contested matchup. Do you want to go first? Do you want Bowman to go first? Do you want to go first? Do you want Bowman to go first, Mr. Oh, Paris? Oh, uh, I will go first. Okay, so the first one, a bit of a tough one to start. A little indie song here. It's uh, Mr. You know, I'm going to say who it is. You can't see me. My blank is now. Time. My time is That now. is correct. And I will say that's worth two. If you are a pathetic coward, you can tell me that. And I'll give you options. If you okay. It'll <laughs> uh, only be worth one point, though, if you are a pathetic coward. Next question is for Bowman. Blank. No, I won't give in. I won't give in till I am victorious. Pardon? Blank. So it's blank. Yeah. No, I won't give in. I won't give in till I am victorious. Oh, uh, Glorious. That is correct, sir. Oh. Next question, Paris. It's they tough looking the music. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I'll do even more deadpan. They looking blank. No, they really don't want none. <laughs> I will give you a bonus point if you sing the line. Okay. <laughs> uh, they're looking, they're I, looking I guess blank. I'm a pathetic coward. I don't know what that okay. word is. So the options are weak. <laughs> pathetic is one of the words. <laughs> scared and sad. So weak, pathetic, scared, or sad. I guess it's weak. It is uh, scared, scared, sir. Yeah. Scared, yeah. Scared. Okay. Uh, Bowman, I hear blank in my head. Uh, voices. Okay. Correct. <laughs> Mr. Paris, uh, break yeah. the blank down. Break the walls that's an extra bonus point. You have five points. You've taken the lead. Yeah, Bowman could have sang the voices one. Sing. You sing it all the time on our podcast. You could have sang the voices. <laughs> Don't you dare be blank. Clap your hands and feel the power. Don't you dare be sour. It's a new day. I need the whole line if you want the points. Clap so. for your world famous. How many times did they win the tag team championships? Six times champs <laughs> and feel the power. Correct, sir. Mr. That Paris, wasn't really the song, cool. in all fairness. It's I know. A new day. You know yes, what? it is. <laughs> <laughs> Paris, catching blank in his mouth, tasting freedom while he dares. <laughs> Dude, I don't even know what song this is. I know. <laughs> uh, I'm a pathetic coward. Uh, the options are words, flies, lies, or pigeons. <laughs> flies? Correct, sir. You yeah, got that one. Bray that was Bray Wyatt. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh, okay. I didn't. I didn't Bowman? get until flies. Yeah. I didn't know either. Yeah. Uh, blanket down. Break it down, burning the noon. 
Yeah, this goes the whole show. <laughs> okay, so that's minus two points. That's Seth Rollins. Burn it I down, love... sir. Oh, what? Oh! oh, I got tricked. Oh, my God. You lose oh. points for singing the wrong song. So that is now. You're now behind. <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, I've never hated Seth Rollins' music more. Remember I saw it, I knew you were fucked. <laughs> There's no way. Oh, shit. Paris, yeah. are you blank? Sorry, are you blank? Is are saying? you blank? Yep. Are you ready? Boom, boom. Yep, now you can do it. <laughs> now we can do that. <laughs> Boomin, I will blank you. To buy him dinner first. Uh, <laughs> I will blank you. Uh, I'm a pathetic coward. Destroy, crush, break, or delete. I will delete you. That is correct, sir. Paris, get ready for something that you've never blank. Uh, I'm a pathetic coward. Seen, heard, known, or thought. Seen. Bowman, do you know what it is? Known? It is known. It is correct. Whose what song is, is that? Yeah. That is the big show. Huh? Big show. Oh, get ready for something. You've never known. Oh, no. Uh, gross. Gross. Bowman, evolution is a blank full of change that no one sees. Mystery. I love evolution. Yeah. Evolution is mystery. Got a time for no one here. We all that sympathize with Bowman's neighbors right now. <laughs> We're tied 8-8. Eight, eight. Paris, from far, wa- so from far and wide away, blank years away. Oh. Uh, oh, it's um, it's Asuka. That is correct. Uh, What's the word? Light years away? Correct. You pulled that one out, yeah. sir. Well done. That is it. You've got your two-point lead. Mr. Bowman, this is a tough one. I need you to sing this one. No chance in blank is what you've got. <laughs> no chance. You got no chance in hell. <laughs> Correct. Hi, Gabe. This is good. You're doing good. Uh, Paris, tear the blank out from the sky. Darkness falls. I come alive. Uh, I come alive. I feel like that's the name of the song. Uh... I'm I I'm a pathetic coward. Sun, clouds, stars, or moon? Stars. Correct. Pulled out. That's Paige. Mm. Mr. Bowman. Paige, yeah. I came to blank. <laughs> I came to blank. What's the price to pay? Get it on your knees. I said I came to play. Okay, Bowman's got you got a bonus point. He's out by one now. That that's paying off. Because wow. I have no shame. <laughs> Paris, I'm not yeah. like most girls who only just take what they're given like a blank little princess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <clears throat> I'm not like most girls who only take just what they're given like a pleasant little princess. Perfect. Like me, I'm not like most girls. That's good. He's, he's getting up there. He's getting those falsetto. Yeah. He's getting those high notes. He nailed it. He's that was like the Bee Gees here. He's singing ladder match and he's climbing up. <laughs> Uh, Boba, this is a great one too. Don't treat me like you blank me. Treat me for who I am. <laughs> Turn to the ladies. Like Don't treat me like a man. Don't treat me like you know me. 
Just treat me for who I am. Oh, don't treat me like a woman. Don't treat me like a man. Don't treat me like you know me. Just treat me for who and what I am. China. Correct, sir. Fuck yeah. Paris. Yeah. A place where no one follows me. I blank alone. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I feel like I should know this. Oh, you should. Can I get a repeat? A place where no one follows me, I blank alone. I, Bowman's I, dying here. Bowman's actually dying inside. I'm a pathetic coward. <laughs> uh, stand, live, rain, or walk? Walk. That is correct, sir. I don't know what it is, though. Batista. I oh, walk okay. alone, burner. <laughs> Batista was great. If you were left, Bowman... Behold the king, the king of kings, on your knees, blank. I'm a pathetic coward. I, I just don't oh, know. Oh, I know well, this no, one. I know his, yeah, just, he's so many different songs. <laughs> hold on, hold on. I got reasons why. He has so many different songs. Uh, yeah, pathetic coward. Peasant, plebeian, dog, mortal. Mortal? Incorrect. It's dog. Dog. <gasps> this is Paris' chance. Oh, God. Here we go. Blank on my neck. Yes, I'm fabulous. Wow. You gotta buy me dinner first. <laughs> um, uh, I guess I'm a pathetic coward. I'm upset I haven't got a Motorhead yet one yet because I've oh, been say working motorhead. on my say Motorhead. Let me impression. <laughs> Diamonds, gold, chains, or gemstones? Chains. It was diamonds. Oh, oh. we still got a tie game. It's Carmella. What's up, Carmella. Oh, oh baby, you blank so good to me. What was that? Oh, baby, you blank so good to me. I don't remember the oh, baby, but I think you're going with a Billy and Chuck here. Like, the you look so good to me. Well done, sir. That was clutch. Oh, that's a yeah. deep, deep pull. You here we go. So Mike Paris. Me. I know I didn't get the point. <laughs> you did that time. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Everybody has a blank. Everybody has a blank? Stop making blank the word for penis for everything I'm doing. <laughs> Hate to break it to you, Wyatt. Not everybody has a penis. Uh, okay, so sorry. It was everybody has a blank? Yes, sir. I, I'm a pathetic coward. Bulbin's dying. Uh, dream, story, plan, or price? Oh, everybody has a price? Yes, sir. Ted DiBiase. <laughs> Bowman. I bring the blank. I am the thunder. I'm a pathetic coward. Rainfall, torment, darkness, or power? Uh, darkness. That is correct. That is one Baron Corbin. Happy Corbin. I loved Paris. him too. When he was like sad, sad Corbin, round. and he was broke and depressed oh, all the time, that was that fucking was great. great. Yeah. You didn't love like Lone Wolf case. Baron Corbin? Or no. Oh, God. No, let's not talk belly, about that one. Belly face? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Paris, on this no. blank, I see clearly everything has come to life. On this day, <laughs> I see clearly <laughs> in the flesh of Flamburna. <laughs> the lyrics got away from you at the end, but still. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We've got, let's see, we've got two more. We need. Oh, no, we got four more. Sorry. Uh, Bowman, I'm here to show the blank. I'm here to show the world. I'm here to show the world. Come on. That is correct. Paris, you got to keep singing this. Oh, 
you didn't blank. Oh, you didn't know? Yo, that's for the call, somebody! I love, that's correct. I love when they put that on, like, the WWF, the music, like, volume two or volume three or whatever, and they, like, were too cheap or whatever to put the actual music out there, so the one that they had had, like, Road Dog still talking on his way to the ring underneath. I don't know if everybody else remembers that, but, like, <laughs> oh, yeah, you're damn right. Well, in all, in all fairness, Bowman, when I had my action figures coming out from the Titan Tron, yeah, you want I wanted Road that Dog to, go, to be okay. So, fair, that's yeah. fair. They knew. All right, what? Bowman, look in my eyes. What do you see? The cult of blank. Look in my eyes. What do you see? Cult of personality. Paris, no man is ever truly good. No man is ever truly blank. Uh, pathetic coward. Heroic, dastardly, bad, or evil? Bad. It's evil. evil. Bowman, this is for the win. And I, this I, is... There's a song I hope this is. And you know me. And you know what song I hope this is. I'm it's sure Cody it Rhodes' is Smoke and Mirrors. Oh, I didn't even thought of that. But... <laughs> no, you, you will be happy with this one. But this is amazing. And it's very, very apt. Here comes the blank. <laughs> Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. You ain't making money, then your money don't matter. Ching. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, yeah, well done. Well done. Nobody got the win there. The, the, the one that I was hoping for was Ain't no stopping me. No. no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of our wrestling road trips we went on or whatever, that we were obsessed with that fucking song. Oh, you know what there was? Because like, you mathematically won, but there was one last question. Paris, just, just for pride at this point. Yikes. I got my long side burns and my hair slicked back. I'm coming to your town in my pink blank. <laughs> <laughs> Cat- Cadillac. Thank you. Could you sing that one? You're not <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm exhausted. I'm very tired. Uh, all right. Well, I'm happy to win a quiz for once, and also that happy that somebody else had to declare themselves a pathetic coward to try and get. Doesn't that hurt every time you say it, Paris? Like you're gonna wake I'm up. So used to hearing you bet. say it. Uh... Yeah, <laughs> I'm used to saying it too. Uh, before we wrap up, uh, let's take a little trip uh, through this week in wrestling history. What we're gonna do right here is go back, way back, back into time. All right, real uh, real quick one here. It was uh, 1999, and uh, Bret Hart went into business for himself, brother, I guess on an episode of Mad TV where he was playing uh, Will Sasso as Governor Jesse Ventura, uh, brought out Bret Hart to be his 
new secretary of whatever. And then Bret Hart starts, like, you know, being mean and stuff to reporters and then puts Deborah Wilson in an arm bar to which she's like, oh, let go, let go. Ow. She pulls off her wig, tells him to F and let go. And then like we stop, cut, cut. And it's a worked shoot on Mad TV to build up a program between Bret Hart and Will Sasso. Bret Hart ends up grabbing a chair, beating up Will Sasso, beating the shit out of his leg. He grabs a house mic, cuts a promo on these stupid Mad TV fans, and then proceeds to put Sasso in the sharpshooter. All the while, the crowd is hooting and hollering and cheering and booing and all that. Uh, holy shit. There were a couple different ones we could talk about this week, but this one was very, very, very tops of my list. Uh, why You watched this before the show. I posted it on the uh, NEW WrestlePod Twitter as well. Uh, what would you think of this? This is one of the ones that I remember what happened. Like it's it's hard to, to trick fans more nowadays. But back in the day, I remember people talking about like it. it like people even to the day, a few people still believe it. I remember when like Brit shot. <laughs> like okay, <Yeah. laughs> like it's still like that. But it, that means it's a job well done. And um, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of crossovers, but it does help the product because it gets eyes in it, so I understand it. But this one. I don't know. It's not like it's like, you know, a home run, but at least I find it interesting in hindsight. I'm like, you know, what, whatever. I see what they're trying to do. And it was fine. I'm like, I'm, it was fun that he went on the set. Like the way they did it was fun in a way. Like he's like, he lost his shit in the set. Like it's weird. We'll never see it again. I remember Deborah at that pay-per-view. Like she had like, like the push-up bra on her neck. I'm like, holy shit. Like she went all out and Will Sasso. Then she turned on Will Sasso. and was Will like, Sasso. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, holy shit. Like they all went all out. And Will loved wrestling. So you know what? It was, it's. It's one of those things where, like, from the attitude era, like, certain storylines that, like, I look back with fondness now because it was fun. And, like, I don't remember my exact attitude back in the day. I don't know if I loved it. I don't know what I thought of it. I think I probably, I probably fell for it back in the day. So um, I remember people were talking about, gee, what happened? So it worked. And, uh, yeah, definitely a, a unique moment <laughs> for, for wrestling. Yeah, and, like, props for Sasso. I mean, what a dream. You get to do this bit with Bret Hart. You get to wrestle him on Nitro and stuff. Like, just to watch all that happen. It's like Stephen Amell was a huge, huge wrestling fan for a long time and was trying to get WWE to, like, do something with him. It wasn't until he hit big with Arrow and he had Cody Rhodes on that they actually got to, you know, together and, and work a program. But this Bret Hart, Will Sasso, thing. credit to Bret Hart uh, for selling all sides of this. One in character like in the sketch and then when everyone's giving him shit it's like no fuck you whatever say your line say your line and being like a bully to the cast it was nuts yeah and, and it's wild like you know you these and we've talked about a few about uh talked about a few of them in the past but these uh celebrity crossover things or these mainstream crossovers you think about you know the jay leno crossover and those kind of things like some of them just bomb horribly and then this one seemed to hit and kind of it for me anyways and you guys being similarly aged to me you know this was right in my wheelhouse i'm like wrestling and mad tv like come on <laughs> this is yeah yeah perfect 1998 or whatever it was um yeah, so, so just to, I, and I remember knowing at the time that Will Sasso was a huge wrestling fan. So maybe maybe I was too smart to to be to be uh, worked in this moment. But uh, yeah, it played out perfectly. And uh, like you say, kudos to everyone involved because sometimes these celebrity things don't pan out, but this one did. Now, I had read earlier, I can't find it now, but I was doing some research on this earlier, and I'd read an account from somebody who was actually there for, like, a taping for, like, I think it was, like, a high school trip or whatever, and apparently all the crowd noise and stuff that was piped in, like, why? People were going pretty rowdy in the clip, yep. right? Mm -hmm. All of it piped in after the Ooh. fact. It was deadly silent there because, again, no one knew if this is for real or not because yeah. 
Brett did an amazing job like selling it. And these people think they watched a sketch fall apart because he almost broke a female cast member's arm and then a massive fight erupted between and he's hitting people with chairs. Uh, yeah. So apparently there was like you could hear a pin drop. Nobody was in on it. Nobody knew about it. And people thought it was uh, it was for real because they're there to watch Mad TV, not necessarily there because they're wrestling and Mad TV fans, which is crazy. Yeah, again, it's, it's, that's <clears throat> kind of like if we did it nowadays, that would be the job I'd give to Brian Danielson because he'd sell it, and that's Bret Hart was the best. He's, he makes things work. Like, Bret Hart as a heel is so underrated because he's very believable as a good guy, but he, as a heel, he's also very believable. Like, he's just very good at what he does. So uh, I think he approached it perfectly. He didn't ham it up. And, like, just, like, yeah, if you watch this, the way Bret Hart acts in that, like, he just sells it perfectly. Yeah, he's great. Like, Jesus, like, yeah. He's fucking great. And, he's you know, best, man. one of the best heels you know, in wrestling history, I would say is like Bret Hart because you, it was real to him. Like you felt a lot of his like frustrations, anger. It was super genuine and super authentic. So thank you, Bret Hart, for losing your shit on an episode of Mad TV, <laughs> <laughs> going into business for yourself because it gave us a, something to celebrate this week in wrestling history. All right, that about wraps up the uh, the episode. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at NEW WrestlePod and follow the Nation Extreme Wrestling account at NEW Wrestling Inc. Subscribe to the show on iTunes and Spotify. If you're on iTunes, leave a rating, leave a review. We have a lot of stuff to talk about over the next couple weeks on the road, not to the elimination. Chamber. Fuck that. We're on the road to NEW5, maybe, and the first ever NEW Afterglow. So we've got a lot of big shows coming up over the next couple of weeks. Uh, Paris, anything else to say on our way out the door? Uh, no, I am kind of upset because I feel like I've made it a, a point on this show previously that I don't watch the Blood Money shows, but I do like an Elimination Chamber. So, so I'm worried about it, but we'll see We'll see how that goes. Wyatt Arndt, award-winning journalist for the New York Times. Anything to say on our way out the door? <laughs> I will be digging into that Plexus announcement, so I will have thank some you. news for you next week. Don't worry. Don't worry, everyone. Thank you. Get scooping. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week on Wrestle Nation. Wrestle Nation.